Hey folks, welcome to the Am I Called podcast, a podcast for leaders, pastors, and those exploring their calling. I'm here with Dave Harvey, and Dave, a question that I'm sure you've been asked and I've been asked before is, let's say a pastor is preparing to lead his church, and he wants to know, what should he expect um, when he's leaving his church? What will that experience be like, and what should he expect to follow? Yeah, I... I think it depends on why he's leaving his church as to what his experience is going to be like. Um, because I think you know as well as I do that there are, there's a world of difference between the, the two poles of why people leave a church, like the one pole being that they're being sent out and they're being blessed and it's a good and wonderful thing. And the other pole being maybe that they're under some kind of accountability or maybe even a discipline process and they're fleeing that and refabricating God's will uh, to accommodate their desires. So, I, so the why question is, is an important one. But, you know, I think maybe for the purpose of this discussion, it would be better to just assume that what we're, what we're looking at is uh, a guy who is in ministry, who has good standing in the church. He has sought some counsel. But maybe there's some disagreement on on his departure, and uh, and I you know I want you to interact with this as well. I mean I, I think the the first thing that comes to my mind is that I, I think he has to endeavor to to leave well, and I would say that he should have a conviction to lead well, regardless of whether the church has a conviction. Uh, that he leave well or that they're going to act well because I I think if there's disagreement or hurt um, in for him I think it can be very tempting uh, for a man to want to galvanize support and to, to tell his story in such a way within the church before he leaves that's really going to divide the church. And I think often that's, that's just wounded pride. I think it's a wound, but sometimes it's, it's just wounded pride. Um, and I, you know, I, I think people, people react in funny ways when they feel like you're abandoning something they cherish. And oftentimes when you're leaving a church and people are remaining, they can feel abandoned even when you're, it's being framed in a way or understood in a way or it is in reality a way where God is, is, is leading you onward. Yeah, it's interesting. You were talking about the, I think, the temptation to galvanize support. And I had, I had a guy who he emailed me and he said he was preparing to resign because of uh, some vast disagreements between him and the way the senior pastor did ministry. Um, and he asked me kind of what I should expect. And I said, well, I think you should expect maybe things to not go as smoothly as you think they're going to go on your exit. But when he emailed me later and he said, you were right. And one of the biggest temptations I felt was to try to get up there and just share my whole story and defend myself and tell people exactly what was going on. And so I think that that's a huge temptation. And I think you're right, though, it can, I've just, I'm sure you've seen churches just get destroyed by that kind of situation. And so I think part of it 
it seems like when you say that part of it has to be a love for God's church as a whole that keeps you from doing that, like a love for God's people and God's church that says, I'm not willing to, I'm not willing to hurt this church, even though I may disagree with how it's being led. Or how would you wrestle with that? Because well, I've re- I wrestle with yeah. that. You know, how do you leave in a way that says you still love the church, even if there's big disagreement going on? I think the challenge is your experience, a, a guy's experience with the church gets reduced to, you know, the worst moments that he's experienced in the church, the, yeah. the circumstances around his departure. When in reality, for most guys, they inevitably took a call at that church or assumed a role at that church because they loved that church or they had vision or it was clear God was leading them. And they probably have a catalog of good experiences uh, within the, you know, within their memories of, of ways that God has met them. And when you begin to feel like you're being mishandled, those things can be quickly jettisoned. And, uh, and, and the church gets reduced down to, you know, what, what you think are its worst moments. And so I think some of moving forward, because that's the question that you asked just about moving forward, some of moving forward is, is really deciding about which version of the church you're going to remember best mm-hmm. and remember most, and whether it's going to be reduced down to those months before you left when everybody was, you know, maybe getting a little weird. Uh, or whether it was going to be the, the longer period of time or the, or the more fruitful, better, richer, more treasured period of time where, um, you know, where God was good to you in it. And I remember hearing you talk about um, Paul and Onesimus, and you made the point, if I remember correctly, that Paul chose to view Onesimus through the better moments rather than his worst moments. And it seems like that in some way should inform how a pastor would view not just the people in the church, but even the, the men he served alongside too. Because like you said, there's going to be this point leading up to that departure where it was rough. Um, but it, God's grace calls us to remember people during yeah. their best moments. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's funny, I'm doing the, the read through the Bible thing right now. And, and so I was just reading about Rahab. And uh, I was reading in scripture other places where Rahab is mentioned. She's mentioned in several places. And then she's mentioned in Hebrews 11, you know, in the great hall of faith. Um, so the, you know, the prostitute Rahab is, is mentioned for this, for this great thing that she did. And she's held up as a person of faith. And yet she obviously had this, you know, this terrible background that probably got resolved in some way, but, but, when people think of Rahab, they think of Rahab, the, the prostitute. But when Scripture thinks of Rahab, when God thinks of Rahab, he kind of sees her and remembers her for her, her best moments. And, and so I, I kind of take away from that that that's part of how we are to relate to one another. And I think it's particularly relevant when guys leave churches because, because the circumstances around departures can always be so complicated because everyone understands the narrative through God's will. So the, the, the church leadership has a narrative where God's will is doing something and the guy leaving has a narrative. And so sometimes there's two conflicting narratives at work that aren't going to be harmonized. And, uh, and, and each of them can, can work to try to get the higher moral ground 
and to see themselves that way. And, and basically what that does, when you're always looking for the higher moral ground in a situation, then you're basically, you're going to portray the people in their, in their worst moments, in their less godly moments, in their, you know, less God-fearing motivations. And so, um, you know, I, I, I left a church in Philadelphia that I had served as a pastor in for 27 years. Uh, I was there for a year prior. Kim and I were there for a year prior. So we were there 28 years. Uh, we left in a very dark season um, at, after about a three-year horrific period. Now, I have 25 incredible years of memories with that church. And I've got three years that were the most difficult years of my life. And so, you know, for me in moving forward, I really had to decide, you know, which, which of those visions am I going to embrace and nurture and reflect upon and meditate on? What's going to fill my horizon? Is it going to be the 25 years or is it going to be the three years? And, and to be honest, there, there were many times that the three years was gaining ascendancy. And, you know, you have to beat it back down because there's a greater thing at work. And, and it's not like I'm just manufacturing it that way. I mean, that's the reality. We had, we had 25 glorious years where God was amazing to us in that context. And so I, you know, my story may not be the same as a lot of guys. In other words, they, work, they may not have that kind of history and tenure with a church. But I think they can plug into the areas where God was good to them and real to them and remember that there was a time that they believed that with all of their heart and, and bring that to the forefront. I think one important question, too, that I'm, I think is going to come up in pastors' minds, because that's a really helpful way of thinking about it, is, okay, so you embrace that vision. It's important in some of this process, obviously, for guys who are in the situation to bring people into their lives. How can they... As they leave and as they do it well, how can they still bring people into their lives to help them without simultaneously quickly falling into exactly what we've talked about, where it's either slander, gossip, or even trying to just get people on your side? How do you bring people in without simultaneously trying to rally support for your cause or whatever it is you would be trying to do? Yeah, I think some of it is is the number of people that you bring in and so in, in any given season of life, having a number, you know, having a dozen counselors can be very unhelpful. Um, so if I find myself leaving a church and I'm disaffected in some way and I'm sitting in a room with 12 people and I'm sharing my story or to, quote, get their counsel, unquote, it, it may be because I've strayed a bit. Um, so I think, you know, that, that, that you have a few people that are selected because of their maturity and not because they agree with us and not because, um, you know, they, they so respect us that they would never be honest with us, but because we realize that in this moment of our life, we're, we're probably less objective than we ever were, and therefore we need truth tellers around us. So I think it's really important that, uh, that there are a few people and they're, they're carefully selected and that I, I, I think there has to be a, uh, 
you know, an awareness that if the church did have some concerns, that you're going to carry them forward, and, concerns for you, that you're going to carry them forward and, and hold them before God. Not necessarily let them define you, but you're not going to rewrite, you know, your history with the church as if the church never had a good perspective for you when, you know, when for, you know, time that you were so dependent upon their perspective. And so, you know, I think we, we a guy leaving would want to avoid, you know, the very handling the church in the very ways that he feels like he might be handled, just being written off or, you know, just uh, being put out or, or, or something like that. Okay, one last question that I think is going to be helpful for guys. It's a very disorienting experience to leave a church you love, um, even if it's in, you know, maybe not the best circumstances. It's still very disorienting. It's, it sure is. Uh, you know, it's depending on how long you've been there, you've had years of friendships, years of ministry. Um, and so it can just be perplexing, disorienting. You feel like you don't know up from down and down from up. How does a guy get on his feet and find stability? You know, where does he, because, you know, I think he's going to be saying, where, what do I do? Where do I go? Who do I talk to? What's my next step? Um, where did he go from there? Yeah. Well, um, I, I think that part of the experience of, of doing that is that you encounter um, grief. You know, you encounter a, a relational tearing, which doesn't mean that in every situation the relationships are ripped apart. It just means that you're not in the same proximity, you're not enjoying the same camaraderie, and therefore the relationships change. And you can grieve the way the relationships have changed. And that's part of the, the disorientation. And so because it is, part of it can be grief. Part of it can be um, things that you have to wrestle through regarding what happened. I think it's really important to seek wise counsel and to begin to enter a conversation where you're able to converse through some of the things that you're thinking and feeling and that you can get perspective from wise, objective people that are able to interact with you from, from God's Word. I know for me, you know, coming down to Tallahassee, I got Kim and I plugged into a small group, and, uh, and the small group experience, while it wasn't you know, necessarily a group of people that, that had come together over this issue, just being a part of a small group, and, uh, and beginning to hear other people's, the burdens that they carried in the context of the small group and, and praying for them. It, it, it drew something out of us so that we weren't collapsing inward with the pain and the disorientation that we felt. Um, so, but, you know, for, I think for us, it was, it was slow going. It was, you know, baby steps and, and sometimes no steps and then maybe a burst forward. How would you answer the question? I think you put it well when you said having trusted counselors. I think that's been one of the most helpful things for me is having somebody outside my head. It's really hard to get out of your head, uh, especially when if you're prone like I am to overthinking everything. And so I 
have been prone to think things through very deeply to the point where I think I'm I'm actually believing probably lies about things. And so having someone outside my head was hugely helpful. And uh, having people who just cared about me and not in a ministry sort of way, but just friends was hugely helpful in it. Because I, I think, I don't know, I think that those, that relationships, it's very, it's an isolating experience. So having relationships is hugely important. Yeah, I think, I think that there are guys that are, you, you and I are similar, I think, in that we over, we, we overthink things. Um, and I think I, I bring the additional kind of sentimental, nostalgic part of the personality package. Um, and I think guys that are like that, a, a departure is far more difficult. It's far more tumultuous, where there are some men that can just flip switches. You know, they they can... They can um, compartmentalize well. They can not think about the past much, press on to what lies ahead. And for them, listening to this podcast may be like, well, they can't even plug into it because they don't seem to have these feelings or have to resolve them. But I, I think that if, if you're the kind of person that, that tends to internalize, tends to think a lot, and you have perhaps that, that sentimental or overly sentimental, which, by the way, isn't a noble thing, um, you know, sentimentality can really, can really hamstring a, a pastor in, in moving forward. And uh, it, it can be simply the function of a, 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 you know, of a therapeutic culture that we've imbibed and, uh, and that we're not discerning our own reflections and our own speculations sufficiently. But for, for folks that are like that, I think that it's probably going to be uh, a, a more turbulent experience. Um, but the good news is that there is grace. Mm -hmm. There's there grace is. for the dark moments. There is grace in the church. The church is so much bigger than anybody knows. You know, it's uh, when you're involved in local church and you love your local church, it seems like the world mm -hmm. is your local church. But the world is, is so much bigger than, than my local church or your church. And God is doing amazing things, and when you, you know, when you start stop dropping, start dropping into other parts of what God is doing and experiencing grace in that, that in and of itself has the effect of, of nudging you down the road. That was very helpful for me too. Just coming to a new environment and seeing where God was at work, seeing how God is at work, not was how He is at work in ways bigger than me and you. So, folks, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. For more resources like this, for interviews with guys like Paul Tripp, uh, come to amicall.com. There's also an assessment test there that can help you evaluate your next steps in ministry as long as an outstanding host of materials in a course that you can take as well. Uh, so that's amicall.com. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.